Okay, um, no update on the Hambe. Uh, we're right where we were the last time I talked to you. Mosby, um, he had uh, all his classes, all his stuff for his jazz class had been turned in before I talked to you the last time. The professor had eight assignments yet to grade. He's doing well in the class. Now, now the professor has two assignments left to grade. Uh, he can't get his A degree until after, until after the professor grades the, the, the two assignments. And when they do, then we, have, we get the official information, information from the school that he'll be here. So that's the answer on those two questions. Um, Janae had a minor procedure done. Um, you know, he came to me, his knee was locking up some. So we went and got it. We went and, and cleaned it up so that we don't didn't have his knee locked up. He, it, it was it was it went really well. He should, he'll miss about another week and a half. Um, the only significant injury is yesterday in kickoff coverage. Kickoff coverage. Um, Olivia hurt, injured his knee. Um, he's gonna get an MRI today. I'm guessing. I'm, you know, I'm guessing it's not gonna be great, and that he'll be out indefinitely. I don't know what in, uh, how long the time period will be, but uh, it wasn't a, he wasn't getting cut on a drill. We were we were standing up and he got banged from one guy and banged into another guy and um, he's getting MRI this afternoon. Uh, but just count on him being out uh, indefinitely, um, indefinitely or longer. So there's the four there's the four issues that I, I, I took away your first four questions. Okay, because they'd probably be out there if they'd be candidates to be in the top ten. So, um, it is football season, and I'll answer your questions, and I'd like to get back to work. So, fire away. You mentioned that this was as good about your roster as you felt in the three years you've been here. Has that carried over into practice, and particularly once you got pads on? Well, let's start with the, let's start with the defense. Okay, I mean, the defense is flying around out there. And um, I'd say, obviously, the least experienced position you got is the defensive line, but they are just flying. They're, they're flying around. They're going to you know, they, cause us and everyone else a lot of problems. Um, I, love our, I love our team speed right now. Um, well, they, have, they give up some plays, but uh, I've, been, I've been pleased with where we are there. And, you know, I think that we can... We can safely, you know, we're like everyone else when it comes to injuries now. You know, we're a couple injuries away from you know, having some serious problems, but right now we have some depth with players that we're not going to be afraid to play, and I think it bodes well for your chances on defense. On offense, you know, I think that the, the position that that we're, we're, we've been not toying with because we're trying to get settled down, but I think we're getting closer to settling down on the offensive line. You know, we're mixing and matching a little bit with some positions. We'll do that through this Saturday. After this Saturday, we won't do, we won't do that anymore. You know, because next next week we start a transitional part of our training camp. And once 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 we've gone through trial and error this week, can the center play guard? Can the guard play tackle? Can the tackle flip over? I mean, this is the time of year you find those things out. But um, 
I think other than the, you know, us trying to make sure we know exactly what we got with the offensive line, you know, kind of like our receivers some, you know, I kind of like our running backs some, you know, obviously Jim, Jim is our most experienced guy, tight end, you know, it'd be nice to have him, uh, have him right now, but, you know, I, just as long as we have the season, that's really the most important thing. Um, Wyman and Dubik have been kicking the ball very consistently, but we haven't been in the stadium uh, yet, and we haven't had any fans around yet. So we'll see what it looks like when, when that happens. And and Perdue's Perdue. Can you have a, a talented newcomer, like uh, I'll give you one on each side of the ball, uh, Watson at linebacker and Avery at running back. What do you look for from those two guys to see whether they'll be ready this year to be factor? I'd be surprised if those two guys didn't play this year. I'd be surprised if they didn't play in the first game for those two guys. I mean, both of them are natural. Both of them are instinctive. I mean, obviously, they lack an experience, you know, but um, Corey's been probably our most exciting guy. Not, I wouldn't say our best guy, but our most exciting guy on offense. And the defense would probably give you the same guy. And Kyron, who's you know, learning behind, you know, sitting there behind Ben and a couple other guys. I think Kyron, you know, Kyron will be pushing. Kyron, Kyron is a, a sideline to sideline player. He's got leadership that's a little bit suppressed because he's a, he's a freshman, but he's one of those guys that you see down the line and being potentially potentially in that role. Is that what you saw in him with, when you recruited him? Yeah, basically. But see, in high school it's a little different because the best players are always the leaders. Yeah. You know, you're, you're a leader because you're the best player. Sometimes, you know, the best players in college aren't necessarily the leaders. You know, leaders are the leaders. I mean, it's a little different. Like, if I asked you who, who you think the best player in the secondary is, you you might give me a different guy than who the leader of the secondary is. <coughs> They're not necessarily one in the same. Cassius might be the leader. Cassius is the, probably the most natural, the most natural leader most natural leader on the team. I, uh, you know, he might not be the best player. I can't, I can't see one thing about the kid that, that I don't like about him. I mean, I'm, a, I'm a big fan. Coach, how's the competition with Shepard and Shorty and Eric Horn? Well, they've both been getting, they've both been getting tons of reps and. You know, we've been repping Kevin a little bit, uh, both on the other side too. So Kevin hasn't just been repping at right corner, he's been repping some of the left corner too. So Kevin's been repping with the ones as much as he's been repping with the twos. So I think you know, we've, I feel, we feel pretty good about those guys. And we know that we can move one of them into nickel. We know we can do that, but you know, right now we look at the first things first, we want to make sure we get something. We can protect the nickel. But you got safeties behind the nickel. You can't protect the corners. You know, the corners are out there by themselves. So the first thing we're going to do is make sure we have some corners that can cover all these big, these receivers that we play in the big 12. 
Talk about Corey being exciting. What makes him an exciting player? He makes people miss. That excites me. Everyone can run plays. It's the people that make them miss. And, you know, remember now, you know, now we're starting to hit and take them to the ground and stuff like that. They still make them miss. So it's one thing when you do it in shorts when you know you're not going to get hit. It's totally different when you put fall, pull, pull, put fall pads on and that still ends up happening. And look, you know, I'm not ready to put them in Canton. So let's not, so let's not, let's not go overboard. I'm just saying based off of perspective, the perception of what I've seen, I've been very, very excited about it. Good. Uh, is there a three-way battle potentially at center? That'll settle down here uh, after after this weekend. You know, after this weekend, we, like I said, we we were practicing guys at center, at guard, interior guys, practice, going from one guard to the other guard. I think after we get through this weekend, because we have this is the time we do it. Because if you don't look at it now. You know, when now that the pads are on and we're pounding each other, you know, pounding each other, this is the time when we can truly evaluate because, see, training camp speed is way faster than spring ball speed. And then the regular season speed is way faster than training camp speed. So, you know, we're getting truer evaluation, plus there's other guys in the mix that weren't here in the spring. So I think that, like you said, once we get through Saturday and Sunday, we got you know, two, two, two things. We started to practice when the public would come, and then the Sunday practice, the real practice, you know, going on Sunday, you know, when no one could come. You know, so so we have, you know, so we have we have both of those, but after we get, by the time we get through Sunday, then we can sit down and say, okay, who, who's who's the right tackle? Is Damon the right tackle? Who's his back? You know, we can sit there and go through position by position, because now we have to settle in you know, because now it gives you three weeks still to build cohesiveness before you play a game. That's a lot of time. You know, that's a good amount of time. Along those same lines with, with training camp speed and spring and all that, guys like Montel, who obviously had a great spring, or, or Greg Allen, who had a great spring, I mean, do you do you see that transitioning? Are they keeping up with the, the change in speed there and you know, any issues there at all? Or I just see that. Montel, the best thing for me, with Montel is I just see him getting better every day. And from the quarterback position, if you started to have ups and blows, highs and lows, that's what you really get concerned about. You know, I mean, he's, he's grown in confidence every day. He's got, you know, like, like we talked about Kyron before, Montel has that it factor that, you know, a couple of years from now, when he has a believe in this place, you know, after he's you know, been playing for a while, and I think that you know we'd like to all, you know, me, but everyone else in, in here that that you know has a genuine interest in KU football. I'd like to say, God, that's the type of guy. You know, that's the guy you want to be, you know, leader of your program. And who's the other person? Right out. I mean, yeah. yeah. See, look, well, it's a little different now, you know, because. Now you're are you going to play press? Are you going to play off? Are you playing cover four? Are you playing cover one? Right. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of are you blitzing? I mean, there's a lot of things, a lot of different factors. Uh, Greg is not there to be a leader. Right. He's there to play nickel. Right. right. Montel is there to you know to, the guy with the guy with the ball in his hand on every play. Right.
You say you wait on judgment for Nigel King until you saw him. What have you seen from him? I wouldn't, um, I wouldn't say pleasantly surprised. I've been very pleased. He's another big physical guy, but catches the ball and he, he's not—he's not falling behind. And these are the type of off-the-field things that you'd never see. But he takes notes, diligent notes, and asks a whole bunch of questions. And a lot of times, players don't like asking questions because they think that it makes them look dumb. And he's—he'll—he'll he'll ask any question. Now, hold a sec, Coach Kiso, to explain this to me again. And that, you know, that's a sign of a, you know, a polished guy who, who gets it. I've been pleased I've been pleased for him. He's playing himself up the depth chart, not down the depth chart, in other words. Charlie, talked to Montel earlier this week, and he just turned 19 years old. Do you think that played maybe a part in kind of his, his jitters or nerves last year? I mean, you don't see a lot of 18-year-olds playing quarterbacks. Yeah, I mean... I probably made a mistake. I probably should have gone to the brown pants for the last couple of games. It, it probably would have, probably would have helped a little bit. Um, but because we played them, we're in a different position now than if we hadn't played them. Because to be honest with you right now, we'd be doing the same yet butts we've been going through for the last couple of years if we hadn't played them. You know, and I'm, gl I'm so glad we did. You know, because he does. You know, he he he's, he acknowledges the fact that you know he was, he was you know nervous and he throws some balls away or he run out of bounds. You won't see him running out of bounds now unless it's a it's a wise decision. I mean, he's been throwing balls away. I mean, he's he's been making a, a lot of good decisions for a relatively inexperienced guy. Um, you know, um, I'd like to think that things are definitely moving in the right direction with the ball in his hands. Is your kick return situation that something that you have three weeks to still play out, or do you have to get that pinned down sooner? Or? Well, I mean, we have some guys that we think are frontline uh, returners of both kick returns and punt returns. Okay, and I would like to use the best guys sure. as returners. I mean, I don't, I don't believe you just put anyone back there as returners. First of all, let's look at kickoff return. How many opportunities do you really get? Maybe half, maybe. So when you do get an opportunity for a kickoff return, you'd like to have a chance. Okay, punt return, it's a, it's a totally different mentality than a kickoff return. Because when you count a kickoff, catch a kickoff return, you've already driven back, your body weight's already leaning forward. As you catch it, you're already going, and they're still 20 yards away from you. Okay, whereas a punt return, you're catching the ball, there's usually a party in your face as you end up catching it. I mean, punt returns with the with the evolution of the spread punt has almost gone away. You know, you, there's very few opportunities you really get to punt return anymore because everyone spreads all one-on-one -on -one battles all the way across the field, and all it takes is one guy to lose a one-on-one -on -one battle, and the guy's fair, you're fair, you're fair catching. <coughs> you know, I mean, obviously the depth chart shows guys like Short. They're all, right now, the, right now, barring a string of injuries, not coming. But those guys are the guys that are going to do it. Yeah. And then, are you able to do that because of the depth? I mean, are you more more comfortable doing that anymore? Hopefully, when September 6 comes around, you know that our our depth chart will be one with uh, relatively minimal injuries, where yeah. we're we're allowed to you know put some of those guys out there. But you know, 
everyone else, everyone else that I've ever been around, both in college and pros, isn't afraid to use frontline guys as returners because you have a chance to score every time they touch you. I mean, and there's a lot to having that chance to score. Nothing changes the green game around faster. Besides a block punt, nothing nothing changes the game around faster than a kickoff return for a touchdown or punt return for a touchdown. What have you seen from DeAndre Mann? And what what can you do to move up with that chart? Oh, DeAndre is challenging. He's challenging for number one as well. I mean, Brandon and Taylor had to work cut out for him with these two, with these two guys. You know, there's, there's quite the competition. Uh, DeAndre is a natural runner. You know, and he also has a second gear that, that it's good to see on the field. Because sometimes you, you watch a junior college tape, you'll see him running away from people, and you don't know if he's running away from them because he's just better than him, or does he have, does he have any true, that true second gear, and he does have one. And sometimes with a guy who's 5'9", 5'9", 205, whatever he is, you see that short, stocky guy, you say, you know, he's not going to be able to run like that, but he can. You guys released some new uniforms yesterday. I wonder what you thought about them. I don't vote. Okay, I think I think the most important thing. I think that our players love them. I think that most of our fans will 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 like them. But it really has nothing to do with whether we win or lose. To be honest with you. And in case you guys haven't noticed, I'm all business, and I really don't care. I just I just want to do whatever we can. If that little psychological thing helps to gets the players motivated, to, it helps them in any way to help them win. Once we're in every game, I mean, I don't I don't care. I really don't care. You know, I believe in KU traditions, and there's certain uniforms that go with our colors that have to be you have to be respectful of the traditions of your school. I think that, you know, to be honest with you, I think the uniform looks really good. That the helmet looked great. I mean, but I don't, you know, after the first game that Katie has talked me into, let the fans pick which uniform, which against my better wishes. Okay, which at Kareem Square, there were three mannequins up there with three different uniforms, and the fans are going to get to pick the, the first uniform. And welcome, Katie. But, uh, okay, but but after that one, you know, the captains will go to go to Charlie, who will then go to Heimer, and that's what they'll wear. I I have absolutely no say. Well, we can see the numbers. <laughs> My favorite ones are the gray ones because you yeah, can't sure. see the numbers. <laughs> and and by the way, when we wore the gray ones, we played West Virginia. <laughs> How'd you like that outcome? So whether you're calling the wrong guy scoring a touchdown or not doesn't make a difference to me. Whatever works. You know, I would have wore the gray ones every game after that if, it were, if I were making a call. They would have, those would have stayed on. It's like when you played baseball when you were nine and you're on a winning streak and you ended up wearing the same stuff for about until you end up losing. Is now the time of year where you can show, where you can see guys like Fish or, or Ryan Davis or whoever, you know, guys like Keon that got here in the spring. Is, is now when that shows up? Yeah, uh, we're, you know, Fish, you know, 
fish is, is that close to being a starter. And Ronnie Davis, I didn't know whether or not he's really good enough to even be a good backup or not. And as Campbell talked to you about his feet, you know, you get to see his feet now. You know, his feet show up a lot more than, you know, I don't know if it's because of Hosapo. You know, because they do position-specific drills in the summertime, as I know, his feet are a lot quicker, which makes him a better corner. You know, I think that, you know, I think that the fish is just wait, waiting his opportunities, to, his opportunity to get playing time, because I think he, I think that we can put him and Tappan both in there right now at safety, and I don't, I don't think we miss too much. Where's Tevin made the most game? He's probably the most improved player we have. Really? You know, because Tim was that wrestler, that stiff guy, really athletic, but you know, really athletic, but you know, you know, really stiff. Probably as physical a guy as we have, pound for pound on the team. You know, he likes contact. You know, he like he plays the game vicious. That's how he plays. But the question is, can you get outside of a phone booth? You know, can you make a tackle outside of this area? And, He's at U.S. Vestal, which you know, which I'm sure you will the next time you you talk to Vestal. Um, Vestal would say to you that he's probably the most important guy we have. Yeah. Listening to Tony the other day, he really seems to be back to being Tony. Yeah, probably. There's a couple things to that. Obviously, his head feels great. No, that's that's the first place to start. Um, but I think that now he, he, you know, when you moved out there to the wide receiver position, you know, even though athletically he could run by people, he was a little bit of a chicken with his head cut off. I know he's a receiver. You know, showing technique, showing fundamentals. I give a lot of credit to Tony. Give a lot of credit to the coaches. You know, Eric in particular, but. Uh, they spent a lot of time, and you know, he's no longer now. You know, we spot him in and run back a few times because it it, uh, it causes some personal mismatches. But in reality, he's you know he's receiver now, and, and it helps because as we know, we haven't got much production from that position in the last couple of years. You've changed offensive coordinators, but you still don't have an offensive coordinator up in the roof. Well, that's that's his choice. That's my choice. Okay, but you remember now, with the way the game is played, we had this conversation last year about the defense, okay? And the conversation was the reason why the defensive coaches have to be on the field is because of the speed of the game. Okay, well, when you're running the whole game, no huddle. Okay, and, and, and you're running it at different tempos. I mean, a lot of it, uh, you know, it isn't like you can't see it from the sideline. I've coached from both the field and the sideline, but when you run a no huddle, there's a lot to being downstairs. But that's John's call. John's also coaching the offensive line. I don't know how he can humanly possibly, you know, be upstairs and down, you know, up, uh, upstairs when you know he, he's the voice of the offensive line. I mean, he could have somebody else do it. It's just not the same as him doing it. Who's the most veteran set of eyes? Well, actually, the most veteran set of eyes on offense would be Keysaw, but the guy who actually does. A great job doing it is Blasco. I mean, I've been with Blasco for a long time. He, you know, he's calm. Okay, he sees everything. He doesn't, he doesn't you know, he, he, he gives you exactly what you want and the order you want it and the timing that you want it. 
you know, so I think that I think that John will pick between one of those two guys. We had this conversation just the other day, which guy would be better on the field versus which guy would be better upstairs. And just because you're a veteran guy doesn't mean you'd be the best suited to be the guy. You know, because with all the receivers we're playing, we might be better off to keep all being on the field. And Jeff being the guy that's feeding John the information that John needs to know. I know it won't be me. Are you relieved about that? I mean, excited to. I'm just minding my own business. That's what I'm doing. I'm helping out the offense, helping out the defense, and getting very involved in the special teams, which, which I have been. That's, that's all I care. You said that was your plan, and you also talked that's about what looking forward to that. That's what I'm doing. You know, we all know by now that you've lost a lot of weight and feeling and looking good. Has that helped you out there? I mean, do you feel better when you're running around the field and trying to keep an eye on the whole crew? Well, the answer to that is yes. Um, I do feel better, but I did it because I made a commitment to both the team and my family. That's what I said. I told them that in February I would not. I would, I would drop 100 pounds, and that's what I intend to do. And I'm nowhere near there yet. Nowhere near there. But I will. Is there, is there anything hokey or just more exercise and fewer calories? Well, there's, there's a lot to it. You know, there's a, there's a lot to it. But uh, there's a lot of diet involved and a lot of exercise involved. But there was a lot to it. You know, I, you know, I was a mess. So not a, I'm, I'm less of a mess now. That's obviously a fantastic example to set for your team. Do, well, do you get feedback from them? Well, no, I don't, I don't. I don't allow them to talk about that oh, okay. because I don't need. I don't want pats on the back. I just want. I said. I told them what I was going to sure. do. I said, now what are you going to do? This is what I'm going to do. That's what I told them. This is what I'm going to do. Now what are you going to do? And some of them have done things that. I'm not going to you know, elaborate what they are, but there's some guys that have made some serious changes. Yeah. You know, for the, and every one of them for the better. You know, there's a lot of guys. I wasn't the only one who stepped up. It's just that you know, when you evaluate what you think your biggest weakness is, that was what I thought my biggest weakness was. So I wasn't going to let it beat me anymore. Still learning a little bit, so sometimes when you're learning a little bit, you think a little bit more than you need to. You know, but you know, we've got another three and a half weeks before we play, and you know, I think that by the time we roll around in September, I think I think he'll be he'll be ready to go. You said it earlier, the D line running around. Is that? The group, the unit that, that stood out to you most, or maybe was, I don't know, surprise is the right word, but but been the most pleasant surprise as a whole. As a, well, I'm just saying uh, it's only it's only because it's my biggest concern because okay. it's the least experienced. Okay. That's all. I mean, anyone can, that looks at our depth chart can see that our secondary is a veteran secondary. Everyone can see that the linebackers, you know, you know, or the front line guys are good, and, and the guys behind them they're good too. I mean, so. You know, we're, you know, I know the sky's falling around Kansas football. I, I got that. You know, I, I've, I've heard. Okay, but inside the building, there's nothing falling around here because we're getting ready to go. 
the only way we're going to change anyone's mind is on the field.